All right, we are. It's the uh, post New Year edition of the Sounding Off on Soccer. Here, uh, I've already had a couple good interviews, uh, and now today, um, in a few, maybe about a week or so after uh, learning that Randy Waldrum uh, will be um, ba- uh, continue on with Pitt as the head coach, he signed an extension. Uh, I believe it's five years, right, Randy? Um, but um, yeah, five years. We're happy to have you here on Sounding Off on Soccer. Um, a Monday morning in the middle of January, there's a lot of snow out there. Uh, so what were the Pitt women team up to this morning? Well, uh, up early at practice, you know, 7 a.m. Uh, indoor and, uh, you know, just grinding it out and trying to get better. Uh, so, yeah, what's I mean, what's a January training session like? I mean, well, you know, we have um, under the NCAA rules, you know, we have some some guidelines. And so this month of January, we, we've got an eight hour block of time, which we're allowed. And so we usually spend four of that with soccer and four of that with our strength and conditioning people. So they're uh, four days a week with us out on the field in the mornings, bright and early, at usually around seven. And uh, and then go uh, from us into the weight room and, and get to work with Brenna McDonald, our, our strength and conditioning coach. And then uh, that takes us usually till about mid-February. And then we get back out to our 20-hour-a-week practice block like we have in the fall. And things get a little bit more routine for us other than uh, for us, the difference of the fall and spring basically is in the fall, we, we train in the afternoons, uh, usually around 3 o'clock. Uh, but in the spring, we, we practice in the mornings. Uh, baseball is now in season. <clears throat> and with their field next to us, they practice in the afternoons and you know, we don't want balls flying over on our field or anything like that. So, um, so we go in the mornings in the spring. Well, uh, is that, does that happen? Is there, have there been any, any conflicts where like you're practicing, they're practicing or softball too? I mean, yeah, you're right. There's <laughs> chances of foul balls and stuff coming over. Yeah. We got a few foul balls come over in the fall and, uh, we'll have to go over and remind, you know, baseball to, to, uh, to put the cages up while they're hitting, you know, to make sure that, uh, uh, nobody gets, gets injured. But, uh, you know, we had this same issue, our practice field at Notre Dame was behind the outfield of the baseball field and the same thing. So they had to put this big $2 million net up, you know, to, to keep balls from going on uh, onto the field. So uh, the good news is Mike Bell and I get along really well. So we just, we work around each other and, you know, we, we kind of do what we have to do to get done what we need. And, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty good, but we have had a few stray balls come over occasionally. Jeez. Uh, so no, no broken uh, car windows today. Do, do they still deal with that? Because I mean, you've got the street right there on the other side. Well, that I don't know. There may be some windows there. Yeah, unfortunately, with softball, it, since they're kind of in the lower uh, field yeah. of those three, uh, it takes a pretty massive hit to get you know a home run over the field and up over our bleachers onto the field. So we really haven't had the softballs come on, but uh, but baseball can, can can be an issue, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that facility, well, while we're there, I mean, the facility itself, the upgrades, um, you know, I've been over there, we sat in your office and it's just, it's just awesome. Um, you know, how has that really helped you in terms of the recruiting piece? I mean, you've coached at numerous other schools and, and you know that how competitive it can be. Yeah. Facilities really are more of a bigger piece of the recruiting than a lot of people maybe give it credit to, you know, they think, well, you have a field and you have a program. So now it's about other things. Um, but it was a massive piece because, you know, we were in the, uh, originally our offices were over in the fits and, you know, honestly, I, I don't know a better way to say it, but it was embarrassing, you know, to bring recruits into the office and it was a small, very cramped space and you couldn't fit, mom, dad, and the daughter, you know, in, in, in your office very comfortably. And, and it was just old and, you know, and run down and not kind of up to the standards of the rest of the ACC. You know, you go to Clemson and they got this nice five, five, six million dollars soccer building only and facility and Carolina, what they've done. And, you know, so it, it needed to be done. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, John, I'll, I'll give Heather, um, a lot of credit for this because one of the things we discussed when I took the job was, you know, she said to me, she said, Randy, I can I can tell you what the budgets are and I can tell you what you have in scholarships and I can give you all that. She said, but um, you're the guy that's won two national championships and we don't have that on campus. And <clears throat> she said, so you need to let me know what you need, you know, and and we'll we'll try to take care of you. And that was the first thing that we all discussed. And it was kind of already in the works before I came on board, I think, behind the scenes uh, with her vision of this whole Victory Heights. 
but it was the one big piece that I think both Jay and I really, really needed. Um, and now, as you said, you know, you come in and you've got this really big, nice office space and a massive conference room and it overlooks your field. And um, it, it's an amazing uh, advancement in terms of what we're able to do with our program. I, I don't think we've had any recruit on campus that didn't fall in love with the facility. And of course, now we have our video room down the hall and we have a big lounge and we have a big nutrition, you know, room for the for the players uh, before and after practice. Um, so it's it's been amazing. She's she's uh, she's really come through on her promise. Well, and I will attest to your what you said at the beginning of that uh, answering that question, because I, I think it was one of the first interviews I ever did with you um, where I came over and. I guess we were at Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. Uh, and you came down into a conference room. I did actually had an interview <clears> with you and an interview with Jay back to back. And it was in the middle of the summer. And I mean, I, I don't even know if air conditioning was working in that room <laughs> at that point. It, it usually doesn't. It, it's hit and miss whether you've got air or heat. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, I mean, it's it, it, it's come a long way even um, you know prior to that, obviously both pit programs, uh, you know, both what you and Jay have done. Uh, I, I was going to follow up that question and ask, but you sort of answered it regarding Jay, uh, you know, your cooperation in terms of what you wanted from your program. You had come in after him, but um, right. are those conversations ongoing because you guys share, you know, you share the field, share facilities, um, that sort of thing. I know it's two separate programs, but. Yeah, well, they are, John. And, and I tell you, I've been really lucky in my career when I've been at a university, you know, when I was at Baylor, there was no men's program, so it wasn't an issue. You know, we controlled everything on the soccer end. When I went to Notre Dame, we had a men's program and, and our program. And I was, I was really lucky at Notre Dame because I worked with Bobby Clark, who's, you know, a legend in his own right uh, in soccer here and such a gentleman. And we had this great working relationship. Uh, so it was fantastic. Not like a lot of universities where the head women and the head men's coach kind of butt heads and they're always at odds with each other. And we hear those horror stories all the time. And then obviously when I came here, um, a lot of people may not realize I, I picked the phone up. I may have told you this and I apologize if we've discussed this before, but yeah, before it's good I took to hear the job, again. The, the, the only reason I took the job that really got me interested in taking the job is I didn't really have a good image of Pitt because when I would play Pitt at Notre Dame, we played at the old founders field. So the field was terrible. It was off campus. I never saw campus. We would, you know, we'd fly in or bus over, whichever. We'd go to Founders Field, play the game, and then we'd head on over to West Virginia. So I never really knew anything about Pitt. So when I saw they hired Jay <clears throat> and the opportunity came open for me, I said something from my image of Pitt, something has had to have changed to get a Jay Vitovich there. And so I pick up the phone and we probably had two or three phone conversations for an hour or so uh, on each of them, just letting me know why he took the job and, and what's changed. And, and he recommended at least look at it. You should at least come in and take a peek. And um, so he was instrumental, I think, in me making the decision to come in. And like Bobby Clark, he's been great to work with. We speak honestly almost daily on even if it's just in passing uh, or whether it's actually sitting down and trying to hash through some things that we need to do from a scheduling standpoint. Um, you know, right now, for example, they're just going to um, – uh, give us a both Jay and I a new position for a director of ops. So he and I have both been discussing how we're going to handle that and what kind of a person we want in that role. And and then as soon as we we got that position approved for the administration, and then the NCAA passed a rule that says now volunteer coaches can become full time coaches. And so now all of a sudden this is changing what we're discussing because. We're not going to probably get both. We're not going to get a volunteer coach to become full-time and a director of ops. So now we've had ongoing discussions about what he's looking for to, to change that position in us too. But these things we, we discuss regularly and, you know, I get up, he practices in the mornings in the fall. I, I get up early and get in the office. And a lot of times I'm, I've got my computer and I'm looking out over the, the field and watching what he does and picked up a lot of good ideas from him and, I'm sure he does the same with us, you know, as well. So it's been a really, really good situation working with Jay. That's, that's, um, you know, obviously learn, you're always learning um, as a coach. I mean, no matter how many years of experience you have, I'm sure that it, it's just a constant learning process. Um, Randy, what have you picked up from, you know, obviously the last couple of years, the team, the program has finally, you know, reached the places where you really wanted to get 
the program too. You this past year finally winning an ACC, uh, well, actually getting into the ACC tournament, which you've said to me on numerous occasions, like this might be even harder than to get into the NCAA tournament. To get to that point and then to get to the NCAA tournament, playing with confidence, winning a few games. I mean, how do you feel about where your program is right now? I'm sure you're elated, but I'm just you know right now at this point. Yeah, you know what I'm I'm. I'm really happy with where we are. Um, I know in, in, there may be some people out there that thinks it took a little longer than it needed to, although it's we've only been there five years. Um, but I would say this, we're, we're a little different probably, <clears throat> probably than the men's side. I mean, Jay's been there two years longer than we have. Um, and I think, um, you know, when I came on, John, and you remember this at the press conference, I think I came on in January um back then signing date was the first week of February so we really there was no time to get really any new players in we just that first year year one of 2018 was kind of a wash we kind of had to just inherit the team we had and try to get the most out of that that team so as a staff I think we look at it more as our first year really was 2019 I mean in in 2018 like I said we we, it really wasn't our players in 2019 is the year we brought in Amanda West and, and about in that class of, you know, 19 freshmen. So, um, and the difference for a lot of people out there that may not know in the ACC, for example, it's such a great women's conference. It's also a great men's conference, but the ACC and the men's side, everybody makes the conference tournament, right? They just seed and they play off the women's side. There's only six. So it's, that's why I always say to you, it's, it's almost more difficult to be in that top six than it is to actually get into the NCAAs. And, you know, if you just look at it very quickly with the perennial powerhouses in the ACC, you know, you look at Carolina and you look at Florida State and you look at Virginia and you look at Duke and potentially a, a Notre Dame. And well, that's five of the six teams that have historically been in <clears throat> before you ever get to the kind of the middle of the pack, like us, you know, uh, Virginia Tech, Clemson, uh, you know, some schools that can buy for those one or two spots. So uh, it's difficult uh, to get in. But I, I like where we are because from 2019 to 2020, we improved, you know, we went from five wins, I think, to 11. And then 2021, we had 11. And, and then this year, again, to be honest, I don't know what we ended up with, but 13 or 14. 12 or 13, 13. I think we were 12 or so before we went to the playoffs, we may have been 13 or 14, John. I'm not right. I'm not sure what we ended up with, but to make the ACC somewhere. So, yeah. Okay. Um, You know, to make the ACC tournament uh, was almost in our eyes, kind of a bonus uh, because our eyes have always been set on making the NCAA tournament. You know, at the end of the day, if, if anybody out there would have asked me, would I rather be playing for an ACC championship or an NCAA national championship? I would take the NCAAs every day of the week over the ACC. Um, and so I think we're we're really in, in kind of the four seasons of our team to get to where we are playing in the conference that we are. I think we're we're really right on track. And, you know, I think the one thing that there's a lot of things as a coach I still need to do better. There's a lot of things that, you know, as you said just a moment ago, that we're always looking to improve and do things a different way. But the one thing I think I've always been good at is I've always had a a good vision of in my in my mind of how I want to play, what I want it to look like on the field, the product. And then I think between Ben and I, especially because being my son, he's kind of shares those same visions. I think we both have a good way of getting our players to understand that and to buy into what we what we want it to look like. And I think this year was a really good example, not only because of the success we had, but I think losing Amanda West and Chloe Minas and then late in the season, you know, Ashley Moon, the players just kept playing within, you know, the system and the way we want to play. And, you know, I just came back from the convention and I had so many coaches there, you know, we're very complimentary of the year, but, you know, most of the ACC teams were like, Randy, you didn't have – the best talent in the conference at all, but your team was so good. You know, the team played so well together and that's what you want, you know, cause it's the rest of it will come. If you can get the team playing the way you want. Um, 
then you hope it in those big games and big moments, some of the individuals might can can take over and get you the kind of wins you need to to advance you all the way to a someday a national championship. So we're happy where we are. I know it's a long-winded answer, but we're we're happy where we are, but we're not satisfied with where we are. We we know that this is just the beginning. You know, we want to be like Jay, we want to be playing in final fours. We want to be competing for national championships. Um, and I just wanted to correct this. It was 14, five and three for the overall this, okay, right. this yeah. Past season. Um, right. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the sky is the limit. I would think, you know, like you said, I think you, you still have other steps to take and move forward. But I, one thing that uh, struck me too, is uh, being a team that's difficult to beat, you know, that's kind of a nuisance. And I, I felt like no matter who you played, except I, and you, I, I know you said this too, but except for the North Carolina away game, yeah. really every ACC match, even the final four, you know, in the, in the uh, tournament against Florida state, I mean, you, you, you guys were there, you were like, yeah. you're, you're com com competing and you're, you're right there. And you know how the game is, it bounce here, a bounce there. Things go, you know, soccer is a funny game in that way that if you're just that competitive in every game, you could, you could go really far. Yeah, no, I think we were very well organized and and I would agree with you. I think, and I did say that to you, the North Carolina game and, and I'll put that on me as the coach and, and our staff, because we, we felt like as well as we played Carolina the last two years at home, we felt like we could go play them and be a little bit more open on the road. You know, if, if you remember the year before we lost one Oh, on a very controversial goal at home. Uh, and the year before that, I think we lost maybe three, one, but we were in it for 60 or 70 minutes and, um, you know, and so we were a little bit too open when we played them. But outside of that game, I would agree with you that we we were really, really difficult to break down and a very difficult team to 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 play against. And we had enough weapons that, you know, we could we could play out of that and and, and be effective and and, you know, won some some massive games uh, for our program playing that way. And and I still think we play an attractive brand. You know, I still think we're a possession-based team and we still try to play. We're not just sitting in deep and hoping we can counterattack. Um, but I think our, our team shape is, is a very organized shape. And for us, it's honestly, it's a matter of, and I don't want to get too tactical here and bore, bore you and everybody that may be listening, but from an X's and O standpoint, it, it, when you can get your team organized in its, in its defensive block, whatever that block is going to look like, because every team's is different depending on your formation, but then to me, it's been, it was a matter of in our games, do we want that block to be higher up the field or more in the middle of the field or lower into our half, you know, depending on the opponent, you kind of figure out where you want to put that block and, and how you want to press and, and play out of that block. And I, I thought, I thought, <clears throat> I thought, our <clears throat> excuse me, our staff did a really, really good job of um, that preparation. Yeah. And again, every opponent's, <laughs> going to give you some different looks too or they're going to attack you differently so but to maintain that you know consistency um and being organized uh, and honestly like you said earlier the fact that um depth you know you did you lost some really important key players um but the next person up mentality I think has, has served you well this this past year i think that's that's going to be important the other thing i wanted to add to you eight one and one at home um and you know even picking up some some road win game wins um you know in the ACC is not easy um, right. so everyone i'm sure really mattered um i think it was four wins uh but away from home uh, different games but um you know what what i mean the advantage i mean the pit, the men's team and now you have the women's team have had such a big advantage at ambrose what what's the we've already talked about the facilities but what makes that home field advantage. I mean, the fan support has been incredible. Um, you know, through the, I, I just thought it was really impressive to see, um, you know, fans coming out on Sunday afternoons in the fall, which is not always the easiest thing to, to get fans to come out uh, in, in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh uh, football <laughs> area, you know, that's fine. no, no. And I think that's a big piece of why we're, we're difficult at home is, you know, uh, are the fact that our fans have really started to come out and, and really get behind the, the both the teams and, um, you know, it's massive. And I think it's just when you get to this level, there is a big difference whether you play at home versus on the road, just for all the outside factors that we all know. You're sleeping in your own bed. You're keeping your same routine. You know, you're comfortable. You're not traveling, whether by bus or by plane. And 
And so all of those advantages certainly factor in for all the teams at home. Uh, and then I think the icing on the cake, you know, are our fans. And, and I think that that helps make it uh, difficult for the opposition. I, I can only speak for the way our players talk and they're, they're always concerned. What's the fans going to be like? Are we going to have a good crowd? Like, like they, they want to play and perform in front of people, you know? And so it's a massive help for them to, to get out and see, you know, to see the fans. And, um, and I think, you know, the other side of it is, you know, I don't know how much our surface plays into it. One of us in BC are the only turf teams. I am sure that could be an argument a little bit, you know, to the benefit, although for those that's been down on our turf, it plays very much like a short Bermuda grass. It's mm -hmm. a really, really nice turf, but uh, obviously we're used to it and other teams aren't playing on it weekly. So, you know, some might have a little bit of an adjustment there as well. But I think all those other factors that we talked about are why teams, especially at the top levels, why teams are so good at home and need to to get big wins. You, you said it. Our, what really made our season this season was going on the road in the very first ACC game and beating Virginia Tech on the road. You know, that's been kind of our nemesis. We haven't – they've kind of gotten in over us by them beating us in one of the late games the two previous years. Um, so getting that win was a big confidence boost for our players. And then going the very next weekend and winning at Notre Dame, those two wins really catapulted us, you know, and and uh, and we were a little bit unlucky in the ACC tournament, to be honest, not to get um, to get a result against Notre Dame the second time. You know, we got the draw on paper and ended up a tie, even though we lost on penalties. Um, that's just the way the NCAA records them. But, you know, the last 30 seconds of the game, this ball gets crossed in and, and right. about six yards out, all she has to do is put – any kind of solid surface on it and it's a goal and she hits it over the crossbar, you know? So, um, so those, those moments, those singular games can really make or break a season for you. I, now you have to take, I just, yeah, take care I, of yeah. With the rest of them, now, don't get me wrong. You can't lose the rest of them, but right. those kind of games really help you, uh, you know, in the RPI and in your standings. Oh, for sure. And the RPI this year was was excellent. And that really helped as well. The the you know, you could see the confidence in that the second Notre Dame game, of, even though, the, like you said, you came away with a loss and penalty kick shootout. It's like there's a confidence here that this team can can do something in the NCAA tournament. So as you prepared for the NCAA tournament and played, you know, some pretty good opponents before you, you got to Florida State, uh, what was that this that that discussion like about, you know, what was the belief in the locker room like among that group? I, I think I think after really after the first Notre Dame game and winning that game, then I think everything took off of believing we could really go far, you know, at that point. I think then they realized two weekends in a row, you've beaten two top 20 teams and and um, we leaped over some hurdles that we had never done before. And so I think at that point is when they really believe. The good thing about what I've said about our girls this season, all season, is I think even last year when I felt like we were good enough to be in the NCAA tournament last year and we didn't get in. Um, but I think last year we still kind of had this belief that we were good. But when we got into big games, I think they the kind of the feeling was still kind of like we hoped we could win in those games. This year, I think the feeling was completely different where the belief that we could win was always there. They they now grew and matured as, as a team. And that was a big difference that we saw with our team this year is they they, they believe they belong and, and could win. Whereas I think in previous years, we, we kind of were hoping, you know, we could get a result. So looking ahead to 2023, um, and there's a bunch of other questions I want to get to. I, oh, no problem. Uh, Nigerian soccer team and, and some other things yeah. but um yeah. looking at ahead to 2023 um well one thing i was curious uh, i know schedule's not out yet but uh, you seem like you always find some sort of interesting destination to take the team the first weekend of the uh, season or the first or the second weekend of the season uh i don't know has that been ironed out yet or are you still yeah this is we're, we're pretty far i think we're still still trying to solve maybe one or two final games, but we don't have the interesting uh, back to oh. Texas or out to Montana this year. We, we've okay. got, uh, I don't have it off the top of my head, John, but we, we've we got a good schedule. We're going to open up at Buffalo again, who we played mm -hmm. the first time in the NCAAs and we'll do yeah. that on the road. 
Then I think we have to go to Cincinnati and we're going to pick up Xavier, which Xavier has been a top 20 team. They, they had a really good team. So those are, you know, a couple of NCAA tournament teams there. Um, we do have Wisconsin coming in to, um, to pit, to play there, uh, play us at home. Trying to think off the top of my head who else we have. We have to return to Kent State this year. That was in a, an agreement for them coming last year. Um, and I think we still need a game or two in the non-conference piece of it. Um, but I think the the RPI of our non-conference schedule is going to probably be the, the best we've played. Last year we had a good RPI of non-conference games, and I think that helped us get in as well. Absolutely. And kind of set, the tone, set the tone early. And this year, I think it's it's even better. Um, I think last year's was average around maybe 120 uh, for the eight non-conference games. This year, I think we're at 84, something like that, which is a really good non-conference schedule because we know when we get into the ACC, you're getting a top 15 RPI pretty much through the ACC. So right. it's a good balance. You know, scheduling is kind of a balancing act. It, it's one of those things that you have to be careful not to overschedule knowing what you have in the ACC, but you also have to be careful not to kind of, for lack of a better word, under schedule with too many light games that, that don't help you in the RPI. Um, you, you know, oftentimes you play a, um, you know, you, you play a Notre Dame and you lose, it doesn't hurt you as bad as, you know, playing a, a non-conference game that's not very good and you win, you know, and you, you don't pick up points for that. So, um, so that's, you know, finding that balance. But I think we've got a really good balanced schedule, and I think the fans will see some really good games at home this year. Yeah, and then what about the roster? I mean, I know, you know, you well, obviously Haley's, you know, you've got a few seniors that have graduated but um, or moved on. Um, but in terms of, you know, getting everybody back to health that, that you know, got <clears throat> that sort of thing, um, how's everything progressing there? And obviously you have a – another terrific recruiting class coming in. So yeah. I'm sure that's always, you know, yeah. I, I know how competitive it is in, in, right. in your yeah. environment there. Yeah. No, well, you know what? The good thing is we didn't lose much. I mean, we lost Haley, our right back. We lost uh, Caitlin Nazarini, the goalkeeper, uh, you know, uh, Gabby uh, Nybert, the backup goalkeeper, uh, you know, graduated. So we've lost a few to graduation, but, you know, we get back Chloe Minas um, from her ACL. We'll get back Amanda West uh, from hers to go along with, we didn't lose anything else up front. You know, we still have Landy Mertz and we still have uh, Leah Pace and we still have, you know, Sarah Shapansky and Sa uh, Samaya Ferry. And, you know, we had a really good attacking line up front. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I think the biggest question, John, will be, you know, Chloe tore her ACL about a week before the opening game. Right. So she'll be a year out before the season. So I think she should be back really ready to, to roll. Amanda was six games in, you know, so kind of depending on how her rehab comes, you know, our hope is that she's ready in the summer and, you know, ready to go. Um, and if she is, that's going to be great for us. Um, but at the same time, it may, she's going to be close to the beginning of the season. So there may be some, you know, some, um, monitoring of some time for her early on Ashley moon is going to be difficult because she tore hers with only you know, she tore it in the Carolina game. So there was only, you know, four or five games left. Um, so we'll get her back probably at some point in the season, but how much she'll really get back to help us, you know, is the question is still going to kind of be out on that, you know, with ACLs, you just yeah. never know. Some some kids get back eight or nine months, and some kids really take the the full year. So, I know they're working really hard in in uh, in the weight room and with our rehab uh, folks up at Pitt to to get them ready. But those guys should come back, which you know everything else is is still set. We've got um we got a handful of some really good players. I think Olivia Lee is going to be one that comes in uh, and helps us quite a bit. We got two Canadian forwards that we think are going to be. The future is going to be dynamite for us coming coming in as well, and 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 a host of other uh, players that you know that we feel like um, are going to continue to help us close the gap on the the Florida States and the you know the Carolinas and and that that kind. So I'm really really excited about the team and and uh, and can't wait to really you know we've got three or four of them here in preseason already. Uh, excuse me, in in the springs uh, four came in early. Um, and uh, the rest will come in in summer too, uh, late June, early July. So, um, you know, it all depends on how it all meshes together. But talent-wise, we we definitely improved. 
for sure and you know interesting that haley you know has an opportunity uh um you know professionally too um you maybe talk about that and also in terms of your program i know jay you know really obviously both programs are, are run at a very high professional level and there's a certain level of professionalism that's a word that gets tossed around a lot um you know i know when i'm talking with Jay or his players or his former players who are playing in USL and in MLS and things like that. But, you know, in terms of the expectation for um, women soccer players and to move on and play professionally, uh, I'm just curious in terms of how much of that is in the discussion during the recruitment period and preparing them, you know, in terms of being college players. And then, you know, the opportunities are not as, they just don't have as many opportunities as the men. But right. it's starting to come around and, you know, we're starting to see some things. And I just had a discussion with the Riverhounds president, Jeff Garner, and said, you know, maybe not this coming year, but, it, you know, we're, we're looking at something locally here, too, or maybe a professional level team. So um, just what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, the, you said it. The women's game has really grown. So now there there are starting to be so many more opportunities for them to go pro if they want to. Now, the money in it. Is not obviously like it is on the men's side, but it's getting enough that if you want to continue to play and play professionally, you can you can live on it and your housing and your transportation and those things that you need are taken care of. Um, you mentioned Haley. She's got an, an agent who's looking for teams with her in Europe. Um, I think he'll find something for her there. But in the meantime, she's going into camp with Houston uh, in the NWSL and you know, depending on how she performs, I think she could have a great opportunity there because I do know they, in speaking with Houston before the draft, they they need some outside backs. And um, so I think, you know, she'll end up playing somewhere, whether it's in the NWSL or over in Europe. Uh, she certainly has the talent to do so. And if she can just hang in there with the patience and not get, you know, overwhelmed with it, then I think she'll, she'll, uh, she'll have a good window of opportunity. You know, you asked me, is it a discussion with our recruiting? And it's now become a very big piece of the discussion. And and I think that's a little bit where players feel comfortable with us, you know, um, as coaches with our experience in, in, in the pros and, and you know, in the USL leagues or the WUSL leagues here in the U.S. Um, one of the things we, we kind of stress is, you know, we when the players are coming in like this, I'll give you Amanda West as an example. This was a conversation with her, you know, so the conversation would go something like this. We, if she wants to go pro after after her time here, then we need to get her graduated in three and a half years. And the explanation and the reason for that is she would play four seasons, but she would graduate in her, you know, in her in her senior year, she would graduate in December instead of you know, going all, all the way through to April. Right. So we say, let's get you on track to graduate in three and a half years. And the explanation is really quite simple is the NWSL draft is in January and camp start in February. So right. you would want to already be out. Or if you don't go to the NWSL and you want to go to Europe, there's two transfer windows. And one of those transfer windows is in January. The other one's not till August. So if you want to go to Europe, it makes sense to graduate at semester and go straight on in and play and not sit for eight months you know, trying to stay fit. So, yeah, so these are all conversations ongoing with, with our players and, and recruits now. Uh, it, it's a massive piece. And we're we're just now really, you know, Dixon Veltri that we had a, a couple of seasons back, she's playing over in Israel now. And we've had a few players go off into some smaller countries like that and play, but we're just now with Haley. Uh, at, and then obviously when Amanda and those guys graduate, we're just now getting players really that are coming out of the program that have the ability to play in the better leagues, you know, the NWSL or the better leagues in Europe. So it's going to start to become an exciting time for our program, kind of like it is for Jay's when his guys are headed off to the MLS or somewhere in Europe to play. Yeah, it's definitely an exciting to see Haley have that opportunity and, you know, Dixon as well. I mean, it was, that was kind of cool uh, to see oh. that. Uh, but it, it, so Randy, as I can't, like I said, I can't wrap up this, um, this interview without uh, 2023 is a pretty big year. Obviously I have the women's world cup is on the agenda and you are, uh, you know, Nigeria is the, you're going to be there. Um, first of all, the experience, I think it was, I guess it was August or July or August when, you know, we were watching from Pittsburgh here uh, and seeing, uh, the, you know, the, the, the team progress and y- your involvement with them. Uh, you know, I just 
where are you at right now in terms of preparation? Uh, how's that working out for you and your scheduling? And and, and how's 2023 going to look as far as that goes for Randy yeah. Waldrum? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm deep into preparations and have been for a while. Once the draw came out and we saw that we, we opened with Canada, you know, lucky us, we opened with Canada, <laughs> the Olympic gold medalist. And then, and then I think we play Australia, the host nation and, uh, and then Ireland. So I think all three teams in our group are, you mm -hmm. know, two of them in the top 10 in the world and the ones in the top 25 in the world. So, um, but you know, it's a world cup. Everybody's good. It's not, you know, it's, it, it, it is what it is. So uh, I've been pretty deep into uh, preparing for those teams already. Um, we're headed to Mexico in February for the international window there. We'll pick up uh, Mexico, Colombia, and uh, Costa Rica, three matches down there. And then in the, uh, then the next window is in April. So I'll go to Istanbul, Turkey, and we're going to play New Zealand um, there. And I'm sure there'll end up being a second game. I don't think there's been one finalized yet, but I'll get a couple more games in when we're in, in Turkey. And then what I'm trying to do, John, is um, we need a month long, at least a month long camp in June prior to the World Cup beginning in July. Um, so I've actually I've actually tried to propose to the Federation to let me bring the team to, to Pitt and, and to do our month here at Pittsburgh. Now, I haven't spoken to Heather like about this yet and all the logistics of it uh, you know and the legal things that would have to be done to make that happen um and i think it's it's like anything else with nigeria it's going to come down to money you know will right. they if it were the u.s it would be a no-brainer yes if that's what you need that's what we do you know but with nigeria it's a little bit different um so um there's an outside possibility i don't know how good of a percentage of an opportunity it is to get them here but uh i would i'd I'd like to get them here that month because I have all the facilities that we need and everything. When I go to Nigeria to do camp there, you know, the field's not good. It's half dirt, half grass. There's two permanent goals, but there's no portable goals. There's no, you know, mannequins and poles and all the equipment that you really need to do a, a proper training session. They just, they don't have. Um, so it'll either be in Nigeria or it'll be uh, here in Pittsburgh for the month ahead of time. And then of course the world cup, uh, starts on July 20th. And then um, I think our group games in on the 31st. So between the 20th and the 31st of July, we, we will have played our group games. So I'll either be back here at Pitt for preseason in <laughs> August 3rd or so, or not. Uh, or, or not. And if not, Ben will continue to, to run with things like he's done so well for me uh, when in my absence. And, uh, you know, and then the 20th is the final. So somewhere in between, I, I, I would be back and, and, and hopefully, you know, I'd love to say I won't be back till the 20th and, and maybe miss the opening game uh, with Pitt because that would mean we're in the finals of a World Cup. But, um, you know, but I mean, it's it could be anywhere between the, the 31st and the, the 20th that I'm back here and, 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 and ready to go at Pitt. So um, it's been a... Um, I couldn't do this if I didn't have Ben with me. I, I just couldn't trust leaving the program at Pitt in anybody else's hands, but he does so much of what we're doing anyway, even when I'm there. Uh, it's it's really like we have two co-head coaches. That's why he's our associate head coach. And so I know things don't skip a beat here. I think our players have been real supportive of it for me to do that as well. And we're trying to, honestly, we're trying to open some doors to recruit. We're working on a couple of the Nigerian kids right now, trying to, to get them to pit. And, um, and I also think John too, I've always talked about growing and continue to grow as coaches. And even though I've done this for 30 plus years, um, you know, the international game has helped me grow a little bit too, because it's a different game than the college game. And some of the things I'm learning playing against, some of the top teams in the world. I mean, you know, we played the U S three times, we played Canada twice, you know, we've, we, uh, you know, playing Portugal and, you know, playing Jamaica and playing, playing different countries that play different ways. The tactics uh, are always quite different. You know, I, we were in Japan in October playing against Japan and there was a couple of little nuances that they were doing up front between their, their forwards and midfielders that I looked at and, and said, I like that, you know, so some things we're able to bring back to pit and, and, and try to implement a little bit. So um, the good thing is Heather really sees the value of it in helping others 
outside and kind of this community service aspect of it, mm-hmm. but also realizes the importance of how it helps us here and makes us better the way we do things at Pitt too. So again, I, I wouldn't even have taken it on and done it if I hadn't had been here with me that I felt confident uh, of knowing that things aren't going to skip a beat here at Pitt. Well, and I mean, just in t- I can't imagine in terms of the budget uh, situation and having to kind of figure all of that out and then facilities. But, you know, you you're saying have this fantastic facility here in Pittsburgh. So um, yeah. it, it I don't know in terms of travel, I always forget. But, you know, <coughs> Australia is just such a long, long travel, no matter where you are, whether you're going from Nigeria or from the United yeah. States. So I'm sure that's neither here nor there. Like wherever you you're going to um eventually but um well yeah i mean good luck with that i mean as far as however that works out either way randy you're going to be traveling an awful lot this this coming year yeah i've got a lot of i've got a lot of mileage on the airlines i can i can at least say at least have that to 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 add to my uh add to my point system yeah how do you do you know how do you like even in this past year with all the travel um you know how did you Look, I'm over 50 now. I know what it's like, you know, certain, you know, I'm of a certain age and sometimes, yeah. you know, these type of things can take its toll on on an, on a person too. I mean, in terms of your like, you know, how do you taking care of yourself and just kind of managing through all that? How how do you work through that? Well, well, you're right. It's it's not easy. I mean, I can when we were in October in Japan, we left during the week, flew, you know, to to Japan. Um <clears throat> Played the game <clears throat> that night. That was the night. The night we played Japan was the night that our women played in North Carolina. And then hopped on a plane, got back to Pittsburgh after however many hours, almost 20 hours of travel between connections and things coming back from Japan. And then got up um, Saturday morning Um early caught a flight out to Raleigh Durham and was at the Duke game on Sunday, you know, so it gets, um, it can be challenging. Obviously um, I'm older than you and, and it does, uh, you know, wear on you a bit. It's it's one of those things that uh, fortunately I'm still pretty good about going and, and, and just, just doing it, you know, cause I love what I do and just, you know, right now I don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel of when, when this is all going to end, you know, and stop for me. Uh, Cause I still just love what I'm doing. So uh, now I, you know, I would say this after this world cup is over with Nigeria, uh, I'm quite certain I'll settle back into my life here and, and not continue on, uh, you know, with them at, after that. Um, so I just know I can, I can kind of get through it. You know, I, I, I know what's, what's ahead of me and, what I've got a plan for, but you're right. Some of the travel, especially going to and from Nigeria can often be very difficult. And, you know, one of these days I could probably share some stories, a little bit of some frightening stories of getting into Nigeria late in the middle of the night and and, uh, those kind of things. But, uh, but so far so good. I'm still here. Well, it's, it's exciting. uh, And we're excited for you for sure. Um, And I, you know, five-year contact contract extension at Pitt, I think, uh, again, I think, most people in Pittsburgh are just super excited about where the women's team is headed and, and um, to have you continue on, I think it's going to be, it's going to be great. Um, it, the sky's the limit in the next five years, I think, Randy. I mean, I, I know you're eyeing those, those final fours and those, yeah. you know, kind of get back number three, maybe for you uh, national championship. I'm sure. Uh, well, that's, that's, you, that's you won't be satisfied until, until you get yeah, to that that's what, no that's what drives us you know i don't know that any other coach has won it at two different schools and uh not at division one level anyway um you know but even beyond that it's just what drives us i think that's the way we are and, and the way we are as a staff and you know i think as great of a year as this was um you know I, that's the first thing we addressed when we got back in the spring with the kids is hey it was great but it's not going to be given to us again next year and we've got to earn it again but now we've set the standard, you know, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things I always said when I was at Notre Dame, I always felt like if we didn't, didn't at least get to the final four, it, it was a a down year, you know, and, and, it, and it's not because, you know, some of those years we got beat in the round of eight, you know, and didn't get, didn't, didn't get back, but you just feel because your bar is so high, you feel like you've let everybody down and it's, 
you know, that you didn't reach the standard. And so now we kind of set a new bar this year at Pitt. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean every year we're going to get to the Sweet 16. And there's some years that we may not, and, and but there's some years we may go deeper. And I think the, the target now is, you know, our next – this year the target was getting to an NCAA. And, you know, next year obviously we've got to get in <laughs> to the NCAAs to have a chance to get to the next target. But I think now we have to set the bar a little higher and we've got to be looking at – we got to get to final fours. That's that becomes our goals. And you got to get there before you can ever set your goal for a national championship. And, and as you see with Jay's men's team, anything can happen when you get to a final four, you know, it's not always the best team that wins. Um, you just got to put two games together, you know? And um, so I think it's, um, it's exciting. I think we can, we can get there and, you know, you guys like it or not, I guess are stuck with me for for five more years, but uh, I do think we're on a good pathway. Um, recruiting just gets better and better. We're now getting more and more interest from the top U.S. players, which we couldn't even get a return email or phone call, you know, four or five years ago from those kinds of players. And, and um, you know, so I, I, I think we've got a, a really bright future to look forward to. And, you know, I just hope that we've made the soccer community in Pittsburgh proud and, that they enjoy and that we're doing it the right way. You know, I, I hope that they see that it's winning is so important as you know, in athletics and, you know, we keep our jobs and we don't based on that, but the picture of athletics is so much bigger than the winning, you know, it's, it's what kind of kids do you bring in, you know, how do they conduct themselves? What kind of women are they going to end up being when they leave here? And, you know, there's just, what kind of role models can they be for the young kids that are coming to watch? Like the picture is so much bigger. And I've always prided the fact that I think we've recruited the right kinds of kids and we've helped them to understand soccer is a big piece, but there's more to it than just that piece of it. And, um, you know, I, I probably get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I remember vividly the national championships we won, but I probably get at this point in my, my life, I, enjoy more following our kids on Facebook and seeing them with their kids now. And, mm -hmm. you know, players that have played for me, their families or what they're doing out in the business world. And, you know, we've got so many success stories from former players that that part is, that's what really at the end of the day is what it's all about, you know, is because the, the college, the college niche is just such a small window of their life in general. And so we hope we're doing it the right way. And uh, we love Pittsburgh and can't, can't thank the fans enough and the support that we've gotten in the community. The local clubs have been great to us. Um, I think we've kind of reestablished those relationships from the previous staff. And, um, you know, we're now in that position where we've at least got a chance to keep the best kids at home. We don't get them all, but we at least get the chance to keep the best kids at home. Absolutely. And Randy, um, we can go on and on and talk more about some of those things. I, I just, even in particular, you're talking about, the relationships and the the you know the, the lifelong uh, friendships and relationships and 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 the, that piece of it is how important that is and uh, it, you know I I've done this podcast and talked to other coaches and other people who are involved in the and and that's always some a, a common general theme that that just comes up all the time uh, we even focus put some real heavy focus in October last October talking about mental health awareness and how important that was. And, you know, really at the end of the day, those relationships are just so valuable for, for every young person uh, that plays soccer, no matter what level they're at. Yeah, it is. You know, I was really lucky when I was young, I had a youth coach that was also my high school coach, which was also my club coach. Cause it was so different back in those days, but his name was Simon Sanchez. And, you know, um, he was a really good coach, but he kind of the one that gave me the passion for the game. But at the end of the day, he was like a father outside of my own father. You know, if I had somebody I needed to turn to, he was always there. And it led to, you know, he's unfortunately passed away years ago, but it, it's led to this relationship beyond my playing when I got into coaching and, and on at the professional level. And, and um, you know, it was just one of those things that that's the kind of coach I want to be you know, remembered as when, when I'm no, no longer around it, you know, that players enjoy playing for me. And look, we can't, we know we don't make everybody happy. You know, when it comes down to playing time as a coach, you just can't keep 30 something players happy. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we can do it the right way and try to forge those relationships, then at least 
Um, you can take the soccer piece out of it and realize what you've learned in and around that. And I just think that's vital. And, and um, you know, I was lucky to have good people around me as coaches that believe that way. And that's just kind of the way we believe here at Pitt. I think that's a great, great approach. Absolutely. Uh, Randy, again, thank you. Your time. You've always been so generous with time. I know Rachel, uh, you know, who helps us out too, um, you know, is just always raving about, you know, every interaction interview. We just appreciate the time that you have um, that you know how important uh, it is to grow the game in this area. And we just, yeah, we really, really appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, the fact that you've you know jumped on today and and given me some extra time um, and and made a you know a good podcast, but uh, just just really appreciate everything you do. Uh, to, well, to, right back at you guys because uh, the youth scene and the pro scene and the college scene around here in Pittsburgh needs people like you and and Rachel and all of your staff that is doing so much for the game as well. So um, it's never an issue. I love doing it, and uh, you've always been great to me. So I appreciate that as well, and and. Uh, Thank you guys for all the support. Also, it's 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 not an easy thing to come in and take over a program that had 22 years of losing and to try to turn and change that. And it would be very easy for those of you guys on the outside looking in to be critical of things that we're doing or losses that we have and, you know, every move that we make. And and yet you guys have just been really, really supportive from day one. And, and that's important to me as a coach, too. So I appreciate you guys as well. Well, and I feel like this is the the the, the uh, soccer has been more more complete now because we have such a strong. I mean, the women's game was up and coming even before you came uh, oh, to Pittsburgh, but it feels like now we have a high high level team uh, program that you know that everyone looks forward to going to just general soccer fans just want to come out and sure. general sports fans want to and see how your program is doing. I think that's, that's speaks volumes. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And, um, available anytime. And, and, uh, I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thanks, Randy. Take care. Thank you.